But I just gotta know one thing. Are you ready? This is Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast, your first stop for everything professional wrestling. So sit back and enjoy wrestling talk at its finest with your hosts, Larry Hall and Joe Corrado. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Brotherly Love proudly brings to you the dickhead Larry Hall, the greatest Joe Corrado, the two best in the world at what they do, Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. That's what happens when you let me do the intro, motherfucker. Why did I draw the dickhead? Because I don't mind it. You're calling yourself the greatest, but I could get something a little bit better than dickhead? Well, your, your head kind of resembles a dick right now. <laughs> All right, let's get let's get this thing going then. Special, special day. Yes, this is Wednesday night. Yes, we will be putting this out as soon as we're done. Why we're recording on this beautiful Wednesday is because we have a special interview from the man that stole the show July 4th in, oddly enough, Backyard Wrestling. It's the spot that was heard around the internet. 6.30 sent on from inside the ring to outside of the ring through a door to win a match. Mr. Alex Zane will be talking to us, chatting us up about all things wrestling. Everything from where he started to where he plans on going. Everything in between. How the hell he pulled that move off. And how the hell was it wrestling in someone's backyard? Yeah, it's one thing that me and you both did when we were younger and um to be then now professional wrestlers like they are to be able to do that it 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 has to be really cool and take you back to being a kid either that or maybe they're trying to bring it back for good that would be even better i mean you can wrestle anywhere now and people will watch it yeah except monday nights in in an arena (laughs) or tuesday nights in an arena then people will just won't watch it that's a very good point all right so let's not Going to down. It's time to bring it up. We got Wiki the interview ready to go. Before you go, go. I'm not going to hand around. It's be a JoJo. Wake me up before you go, go. Yeah. Keep me dancing tonight. Wow. I'm going to hit that. No, you're not going to hit that eye. No, no not. you're not. Really not. I'm more of a baritone. I'm going to hit that. High. All right. Let's get to business and let's do this interview. Nice. All right, we are here today with Alex Zane, who uh, recently had a match in GCW's Backyard Wrestling, which the move that he pulled off, the 630 to the outside of the ring on top of Tony Deppin and through a door, um, kind of took the internet by storm, <laughs> at least the wrestling Twitter. So, uh, Alex, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, it uh, surprised me as far as um, the attention that it got, for sure. <laughs> All right, so we won't beat around the bush, and since we've already mentioned it, now a question that I pose to you is that did you expect this to go viral, and is this kind of was this kind of your way of shooting your shot? Um, honestly, like I 
did not expect it to go viral. Like, I, I guess the most that I expected out of it um, when I kind of uh, decided to do it was hopefully uh, future bookings even at GCW because it was my GCW debut, you know, and um, they have kind of a history for going a little boss to the wall. So that was kind of uh, my plan as far as the move goes. Um, and even then, like, with my history with backyard wrestling, because I, I backyard it for longer than anyone probably should, um, and and, uh, and was a big part of a like major backyard wrestling community that that was like this total underground thing. There's like an entire documentary just about how this underground forum would like draw like other people from other backyards places. Like <laughs> I'm in Kentucky, in Kentucky, for example, and they would have like these super shows and. Uh, other states and then everyone from all these other states would travel in and they'd have these big like it was just it was a whole thing but um yeah that that documentary is called the link so if you ever want to check that out uh, i'm in that as well but um yeah so like being a part of that it was kind of what we did anyway like it was it was more you know there wasn't um fans present so to speak right so it was it was just the boys standing around watching the boys wrestle so it was about popping the boys right so um <laughs> doing these big moves and things like that uh and kind of crazier spots was you know it's been it's been ingrained in me from a long time ago so uh it was it was nothing that was a stranger to but i definitely um was hoping and maybe anticipating that if i could pull the move off um amongst the other moves that happened in that match if you've if you've seen the full thing um then yeah i was kind of hoping hey maybe maybe this will get me an invite back, you know, it got me, it got me to the backyard show, but so did kind of the, the, um, I guess stuff behind my name being in the backyard scene for so long and stuff like that. So it was kind of like, Oh, you're having a backyard show. Here's some names that go along with, with that. Anarchy, Andy, Mannard, Zane, the Chad, things like that. And that's a bunch of backyard names that I'm throwing at you. Um, but it was kind of, like a lot of the indie people back then were watching like stuff on that forum and the music videos we were putting out and stuff just in order to get ideas because tons of our ideas were being like ripped and put on the indie scene. <laughs> so, oh, wow. um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, but in a good way, like for us, it was kind of like flattering, you know? So, um, and a lot of us didn't even plan on going pro and stuff. Um, and, so yeah, I guess I guess that's my long-winded answer to the question. I, I was hoping that it would get me booked for sure back at GCW, but I definitely didn't expect it to uh, go viral um, at all. Like because it was a very intimate setting; it was invite only the show itself. So um, so there was only so many people there watching live. So in that regard, like I, I kind of I kind of capped it at these. Oh, there's. 20 30 50 people here you know watching whatever so like i don't even think about oh there's this many people streaming online and watching at home. so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was kind of wild yeah fight picked it up and fight's a great app for watching wrestling and whatnot and not to mention you were running on fourth of july and it, mm-hmm. nothing else really running on that day so people were drinking beer eating hot dogs and watching a little bit of wrestling and yeah it was like a perfect storm right it was great Absolutely. Now, pulling off this move, this can't be the first time that that you've performed this before, or 
Is this um, it's it's the first time I've done the over the top six thirty uh, for sure. Um, I've done similar things in the yard. We used to wrestle on what we called ring bases, and that was basically just the square part of the ring with no posts or ropes mm-hmm. um, that we would build out of literally whatever we could find on the side of the road, mattresses, tires, um, uh, pallets, uh, scraps of wood, whatever we could find, and we'd put a tarp over it, and it would kind of look like the base of a ring, so it was called a ring base. And I've done them off of that before, just running, Um, but, you know, never over the top rope, for sure, and not through a table over the top rope (laughs) either, which, you know, of course, uh, planning, and I was kind of like, oh, I think I could do this, you know, and then I was like, maybe put a table there to break my fall, you know, or, or <laughs> rather, you know, so, <laughs> so that, that was kind of the, that was definitely the first time that I tried it. I had thought about it a couple times, um, in the past, just having done just different planches of sorts and being like, Oh, like, I think I could do a six thirty to the outside. That'd be crazy. Like, I think I have the height for it. Like, um, so I had never like decided to actually do it, you know, uh, <laughs> And then I was driving up the night before the show and was like, I think I'm going to do that. And I get there and kind of looked at it, scoped it out, and uh, and they called it. And, and what you, it's kind of a thing, what you call it. It's like, okay, we're here now. We got so. <laughs> now, the other thing is this match was, I think, unexpected, I don't know, unfairly unexpectedly, um, probably not looked at as, as great as it was. Like, you guys tore it up in there. You and Tony you. absolutely killed it. Um, one of the most entertaining matches on the card. And nice. it just, there was spot after spot. I mean, the tree, hurricane, rana, or whatever you want to call that. I mean, it was just, it was pretty ridiculous and a really, really solid match for being, you know, I mean, the, the skeptics will say because it's a backyard match, but a really good match in general. Yeah, it's kind of funny uh, that you mentioned that, too, because a lot of people online are just seeing the clip for what it is. And, you know, some of the clips, because I know it went viral, um, like different angles and stuff like that. And some of the clips are actually branded with the GCW logo and stuff like that. But on the clips that are more just like cell phone footage or mm-hmm. whatever um, that that have circulated out there, there's people that are commenting, which I, I, I'm trying to even go and like respond to every comment that I see and stuff like that, because... Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these places, of course, like a lot of these pages and things didn't tag me or even know who it was. They were just like, oh, cool clip, you know, posted up. And um, so I'm commenting and stuff, but I'm, I'm browsing the comments and a lot of comments are like, oh, what an idiot doing this in front of like 20 people, you know, like it's too dangerous. Maybe he should like stop playing in the backyard and go pro and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, I've been pro since 2005, you know, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I have my first pro match in 2005, so uh you know i've been trained i started training in 2004 and um and you know this is far from a backyard show it was one of the biggest independent companies um in the current climate and they were putting it on a pay-per-view event so it was just kind of funny to read that and be like oh if you had any idea you know <laughs> like yeah. who else was on this show yeah, they have no idea like oh they're probably like joey janela fans and they had no idea he was even on this show you know <laughs> so it's awesome yeah, he didn't even go by Joey Janela that that day. Right? Yeah, he was. Uh, so, yeah, sorry, sorry. They're probably uh, Suicide Kid fans. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> now you you segued us perfectly. Now you were talking about back in two thousand four, two thousand five. Now, 
give us a rundown of like how you became a wrestler. What what inspired you? Where you've wrestled outside of backyard wrestling for any promotions or whatnot? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So starting out, I mean, if we want to go back as far as where we can, then it would go. We'd go back to like I'm three or four years old when I first laid eyes on wrestling and uh, first saw Jake the Snake Roberts. But if you fast forward. From there, and that was just because, like, when I was a kid, my grandfather was a fan of wrestling, and Jake the Snake was on TV, and he was like, "Oh, like, stop bugging me! Look at the TV, you know." And there was a snake on the TV, and I was like captivated ever since, and kind of just never put it down. Of course, I had my ins and outs as a fan, as everyone kind of does. Like, um, but I came back in like right around the Attitude Era, but I was on the WCW side of the fence um, as far as my fandom goes, and then. Actually, I was one of the people uh, who they talk about that switched the channel from WCW to WWE when they spoiled the uh, McFoley title in, the wow. Mankind title win. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I actually was like, I, like, I remember that day. Like, they were like, oh, Mankind won the title. Don't bother changing the channel. So I flipped over to see this, you know, uh, title change on Raw and like loved it. And then I, and that's when I jumped jumped uh jumped the fence there and was a wf guy from then on out and, hmm. um yeah so uh that's just a little fandom history but then after that of course like it, i think like a lot of wrestling fans do especially at that young of an age like you just kind of start doing wrestling moves on the teddy bear and then you progress to your little brother and then your mom yells at you and then you know so um <laughs> And then, and then the next thing you know, you don't listen to your mom and you're doing it in the backyard. And it's getting <laughs> worse and worse and you're hitting each other with anything that you can find in the house. And she's like, where's my baking sheets? You know, so, um, <laughs> That's all too familiar. <laughs> right. So I think, I think like most people, especially at that age, like I was just uh, easily influenced to want to be a wrestler. And it was kind of just like, like even if you were to talk to my mom about it or my dad about it, it's just like, yeah, as soon as as soon as he was old enough to realize that was an option, like, oh, people could just, like, become wrestlers, you weren't born into it, um, he was just like, you know, I was just all about it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wrestle, like, that's what I'm going to do, so, um, started training, actually, when I was, like, 16, just about 17 years old, um, did about a year of training here in some, like, backwoods company in Kentucky, uh, where, and at the time, I had been backyarding since I was 11, right? So I'd been taking bumps. And luckily, like, tough enough was a thing. So, like, I was watching that, and they were teaching people bumps, and I was, like, pretending that I knew what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> and then I just I just kept doing it until it hurt less, you know? Um, and eventually kind of got it down and uh, to some extent anyway. But then, you know, going from backyarding when I was 11, and I only count – 11 being the starting time because that's when I first started doing ground bumps before that I was wrestling on the trampoline and uh, like aggravating my little brother with hey let me try this move since for years before that um, so yeah uh, me and me and a good friend of mine that I met in uh, fourth grade we started backyarding when I was 11 he was like 10 or something he's younger than me so um, and even he he was like wanting to be a wrestler and stuff too which it didn't pan out like he didn't bother getting trained and stuff later but i did and he's fully in support of that but um at the time when i first started getting trained like i was kind of just itching to get in there so it was kind of like okay just train me because in kentucky you have to have a license in order to 
do indies or any anything like that so it's a commissioned state so um i was just like rushing through training and just like i okay i know it all right like i'm 16 and i've been backyarding right so like just show me how to do whatever i need to know how to do and then give my license and that's pretty much how it went um they taught me some of the basics and uh went from there uh got pretty down on the whole like indie scene back then just because it wasn't progressing which i wasn't progressing it wasn't really wrestling's fault like it was it was my fault like i wasn't in the gym or like taking it seriously enough and stuff like that like i was still a kid you know so um kind of like got out of doing the indie thing and and pretty much just went back to like doing backyard stuff because like it was popping on the internet and i could like make my own music videos and put them up and whatever so i was doing kind of like both i was doing some local indie stuff and still doing some backyarding and back then even more so than it is now like backyarding was like super frowned upon like oh you're just dangerous hitting each other with like tubes but it like over the forums and stuff like we were super into the technical aspect of wrestling and telling stories through it and like yeah we did some crazy things and um whatever but we still actually enjoyed the the learning aspect of wrestling and even the chain wrestling and tying up properly and you know doing all the all the proper things um and what year was this we were still training each other this this was probably oh six okay um you know that's that's about the time that i was kind of like eh indie wrestling like i'm not having fun doing it which which a lot of that has to do with like i said myself and just um not progressing and stuff like that as far as you know and not knowing how to either you know it's a different world now like the internet has definitely opened a lot of doors and everything for everyone as far as and and just the whole community of wrestling is super supportive of each other and it's just like yeah man go get it you know um but back then it, it wasn't it was definitely not the same and uh even uploading your 240 uh p video to the internet so people can watch you <laughs> wrestle in pixels so you know um and it took you all night just to upload the clip and stuff so um yeah it's a whole different world now but back then it was it was us just like wanting to learn and stuff and wanting to get better and we were watching more independent stuff because tape trading was big back then you know so yeah it's a lot of tape tape trading going on so we could watch a lot of the indies and all that and then watching a lot of japanese stuff and actually like i wasn't even super into that at the time like yet really um until another backyard friend of mine here locally um he was into the tape trading scene and he and like i'm sitting there like oh yeah man like i know what ecw is so uh i'm super like edgy bro uh and he's like uh have you heard of like czw and fmw and roh and yada yada and i'm like what no and then he showed me some stuff and then that's when i saw like best of the best two which is just bonkers like high flying stuff and i was like okay this is this is what i really want to do you know yeah so yeah like i think i've trailed super far away from the question no you're good (laughs) but um basically now that um the internet has helped everyone kind of like share wrestling and stuff like that it's easier not necessarily to get noticed but to get your stuff out there for sure um and the so that so the kind of like 
my friction with indie wrestling kind of went away as that became more of a thing. And so I came back into indies. Like I, I took like multiple little hiatuses throughout my quote unquote indie career. Um, but I came back in like 2013 and did a little stuff and then kind of bailed. And then actually probably 2014, 2015, I started getting into fitness and then I started to get like a decent build and a lot of my like old yard friends and like, now indie friends were like bro like you look like you should probably try <laughs> you know and i was like okay like so i started dabbling in it a little bit in 2017 but i was only doing three four bookings a month tops like mainly for uh fans of our friends of mine who had started uh different indie companies and then um at the beginning of this year uh, i kind of had a conversation with myself and was like you either got to bail on it and not do it or actually do it actually push so by april i was filling up my calendar you know and doing 16 18 bookings a month and uh and luckily it's progressed as far as it has this quickly like it it doesn't happen like this for a lot of people so um very fortunate very grateful yeah it helps that the athletic ability is definitely there when (laughs) yeah (laughs) a lot long long years and years of uh trampoline work (laughs) yeah you know so that helps (laughs) Now, you, you touched on the opening of doors. Uh, you said that nowadays it's a lot easier for them to open and for people to view and see your stuff. I mean, as of late and even as of late, maybe a week ago, is there anyone opening any doors? As Have you heard or any contact from any other promotions? Oh, uh, yeah, it's been it's been wild honestly uh pretty hard to keep up with um in ways because everyone just throwing dates at you and saying are you available now and are you available then and whatever which is great like it's not a complaint but i mean even even as far as these podcasts you know like this is just another example of doors opening that that otherwise weren't there you know not that not that i you know not that you all wouldn't have invited me on this podcast uh, two weeks ago, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't have known to, you know, you wouldn't have, you simply wouldn't have known to because you wouldn't have, you know, seen it and, and been in, uh, directed my way. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, everything so, happens for a reason. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So here we are, you know, manifesting our destinies. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so like, yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, you know, one, uh, micro example of, of doors opening around here and it's, it's just crazy for everyone like i notice so many of my friends and stuff like that are um constantly getting booking because not only can you know a clip go viral or something like that like you know in a way i can i can even like see that clip going viral working against me in a way unless of course i were to um uh capitalize properly properly but we'll get to that um but if you are, if you're just good and like, like you didn't do some crazy ignorant thing, you know, um, that they did get buzz on the internet, like that mixed with proper networking on the indie scene and, and going out there and pushing yourself and, and, uh, and sending emails and messages and stuff like that can, can get you a lot of places that you wouldn't have been able to get back in the VHS days when you had to ship all these things, you know, because you know, I mean, the indie scene's completely different too. There's actual money being made out here too now. Um, the draw is there. It seems like 
in every state, a lot of times in multiple companies in every state, you know, depending on the size of the cities and stuff like that. Like if you look at Chicago, like there's a handful of top notch companies that are almost sold out every show, you know, um, and that, and that wouldn't have been the case back then. Or, and even if it was, you're going to send a VHS to a company that's already selling out. And why are they going to bother getting back in touch with you? Like we're already selling out, you know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's all, it's all just like a, a wild, wild west out here right now. And, um, and with the doors opening for me, like you asked, you know, I have, I'm not sure if you've seen it. Um, SEMA reached out to me publicly and I, said, come to Shanghai. I did, so, I did see that. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's, that's another single example of this particular clip going viral and doors opening off that. Um, but that's just one company and I've been in talks with him. We've been DMing each other about dates and uh, passports and all of that. Um, and then you have like tons of uh, United States based indie feds, which GCW of course picked me up for a bunch more dates, which may or may not have happened otherwise, you know. Um, and then Beyond Wrestling, Limitless Wrestling, uh, Warrior Wrestling, Freelance Wrestling. Um, I, I don't want to miss anyone because the next thing you know, they're going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> you didn't put me over, right? But yeah, like a lot like there's there's dozens actually and there's um about four different countries uh in four different countries you know so far and um c4 wrestling in uh canada stuff like that so um yeah it's been a wild ride already and we're i guess tomorrow will make us one week out from it so uh it's and i i kind of expect it to kind of die off and of course in a way like the, the the plays and things like that tapered off but still people are just now hitting me up like today you know so um yeah like literally booked my beyond wrestling debut last night so no nice yeah you just rallied off like some of the heaviest hitters of the independent scene yeah exactly exactly which is which is insane to to (laughs) even say that right yeah yeah i mean it was insane for me like i watched some of these people i i subscribed to the indie network you know uh just to kind of stay up to date with everything and then so i'm watching some of these companies and um like all the time and and next thing you know they're writing me on twitter <laughs> right and i'm like oh shit you know, <laughs> like oh excuse my language i'm not sure if this no is you're good you're good okay, no cool, you cool. yeah nope. this is philadelphia your shit is always welcome <laughs> oh hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> so now that you get like you said you got these offers is there a certain wrestler that you really want to want to match with um there's a ton of like wrestlers that i would love to have a match with um you know some of them are signed and in, in, in uh certain situations so it might not be as easy but of course like will osprey comes to mind like i think that's like a given any mm-hmm. any flippy guy ever is just kind of like oh will osprey ricochet Pac. you know like yeah. um that's that's the go-to's uh Pac, of course uh like i said ricochet um mark andrews um and it's funny too because and i won't i won't call them out um but there's several just out of the names that i just mentioned there's we all came from the same backyard community online, you oh. know, back in the early days. So, wow. um, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the majority of the list, but I, you know, I don't want to, yeah. you know, put them out, you know, by name or anything like that. But, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. And, and, you know, people don't know that either, of course. And like, um, you know, there's, there's some of them that are like friends of mine because of the backyard thing that we've been writing each other on different 
forums and social media since you know the early or mid 2000s and they'll write me now and be like hey congratulations on the clip going viral and stuff and it's just you know it's, it's pretty it's pretty cool just because like they're killing it out there you know and then they they see it and they still they're like oh shit like i backyarded with him you know not necessarily with me but like yeah, yeah. on the same community on the same online community you know yeah. so yeah that's pretty cool yeah like actually um earlier this year and it was one of the one of the moments that i kind of had that was kind of like uh you know that tug of war that internal tug of war that's like hey you should either wrestle or don't not kind of like weekend warrior or whatever you know mm-hmm. um was when freelance wrestling hit me up and they were like hey we want to have you in this this six-way match with a bunch of the guys from the yard um well i know the people who runs freelance because they were part of the same yard community back then um so hmm. freelance is essentially a product of the yard and i hope they don't uh, mind me saying that but um <laughs> that's that's where it came from you know and uh and then they, they booked this match with a bunch of us who were from the yard, and we all were like, hey, we're about to show them what the link has to offer, right? So um, it was me, Ricky Shane Page, Lewis Linden, Flip Kendrick, Daniel McCabe, and uh, Craig Mitchell. So all of us were part of the same yarding community, and all of us from different states, and we've all wrestled in so many different states together, been on the same shows in the yard, you know, in super shows. And so now we got to do it as a cohesive unit in a six way for freelance wrestling back uh february 1st i believe it was so there's a match we have yeah. to look up now <laughs> <laughs> not only that go. but it shows how things come full circle yeah which right, is crazy right. and, and, it, and a lot of people did too a lot of people reached out and was like how crazy is it because i, I mean i'm not trying to like put myself over or anything like that but like in the yard like a lot of people like from the community were like oh zane you know like he's he's the guy in the yard and i like when i when i think of the guys like i'm thinking of anarchy andy and stuff like that like look those people up you know but um because they're ridiculous but like a lot of people were super into just within the community the other yarders and stuff were like oh zane's the man whatever and then like i didn't indie like i didn't go indie in the same fashion that the others who did they they grinded it from the day that they kind of like stopped yarding and got trained and, and went on the indie grind and on the circuit and stuff and worked their way up um and all the respect to them of course um but i didn't take that exact route and then like i don't have this indie name and indie presence that then was also furthered by the gcw event that was backyard based it was like i had like almost little to no indie buzz right and then i do the gcw event and it's a backyard event and it was just full circle it's like wow like so many of those same people wrote me and were like how crazy is it that the backyard event is the one that you blew up off of you know so it's kind of it's kind of awesome really now uh, yeah it is absolutely crazy that how full circle that things can go and the amount of time that it goes into it could be full circle within a year or it could be seven years right right so Next question I wanted to ask you. Uh, the final goal, now that you, you're fully committed, you're booking dates and all that, now is is the goal to to get signed to a company like many of the others, or is the goal for now to just stay in the indies and continue to travel all over the place and absolutely kill it? Well, I think, I think there's a little of both, right? Um, and 
and things are always evolving and changing. So, you know, I don't like want someone to listen to this podcast three months from now, I'm signing a contract and they're like, Oh, you hypocrite. Right. But, um, <laughs> you said you were going to kill it on the end of forever. <laughs> but you know, so there's always, you know, everything's always circumstantial, but, um, I think if, if the right deal is there, of course. Um, and there's, you know, all the, all the major companies are definitely dreams of mine, you know? Um, and so I, I can't say, but like, I don't want to go into a company feeling like I don't have something to offer. Right. So in a way I kind of want to build up more on the indie scene in the sense of my own branding and own leverage to take to a company. Um, one, it's a better way to shop a deal if we're coming from a, uh, business perspective. Um, but two, it's also, uh, like, I'm cool with, you know, I, like, I, I'm cool with, like, hey, like, come in and, like, be a part of our company, you know, um, we'll, we'll kind of, like, build you up, and I'm cool with that, but in, a, in another way, like, I don't know, I've always been a little more independent than that, so it's, it's, it would be hard for me to be, like, oh, walk into a company, and they rebrand you, and, like, throw a bunch of stuff at you, and then you become their product, Right. But if you if you're already a name um, example, Ricochet, right, like if Ricochet were picked up before he had developed his name and, and built his brand on the indie scene, they would have rebranded him pretty much immediately if they caught him early enough. Right. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah. They would have gave him a different name and made him do whatever the hell and like, you know, make him wear silly gear or something. And, you know, what you, know, you never know what they're going to make you do. Next thing you know, you're presenting your dinosaur dancing in the ring or something right so um, <laughs> what has that you know, has that happened before <laughs> right yeah sounds familiar right um so that's kind of what i don't want to happen to me you know is like i don't want to be so disposable that it's like oh you do what the hell we say or piss off because i mean who's it helping like it's not helping the brand if, if I'm just giving them another person to put in a silly costume and it's not helping me. So like it, we end up, you know, kind of, uh, damaging each other really. So, so really self equity right now is, is more important. Yeah. Yeah. And investing and, um, and growing from sweat equity. Yeah. So that's kind of the process right now. I feel like that's a smart way to play it in the sense that everyone's looking to grab a contract so quickly that, they don't necessarily think about that and it's just another it's an inside scoop of what someone thinks about when thinking about whether they should go for it all or there's so much money to be made like you said in the in the indies right now that it it might not even matter to go to a big company oh i mean i know i mean i know some people you know um who are in the position on the indie scene who are turning down contracts because it would be a pay cut for them you know, in order to take that contract, but the benefit of that pay cut is the um, obvious consistency and um, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, Routine. It kind of, kind of the, the comfort of the whole. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, oh, it's a guarantee. You know, it's a guaranteed check. I can't think of the word that I'm looking for, but um, it's just it's guaranteed money. You know, if you get signed, right? So like, if if you don't and you get hurt on the indie scene. Yeah, money stops, money's dried up, right? But if you go to one of these companies and you tear something in your knee, well, checks are still coming. You just got to still show up and, you know, do your bit, 
you know, even though you got a tear in your leg or whatever it might be. Right. So, um, I think that's, that's kind of always something to consider too, is it's a little more risky being independent. Um, but at the same time, it's a risk and reward sort of thing. So hopefully, like I said, I can build up my brand and stuff like that enough just to have enough leverage to where I'm not going into the meeting and being handed the, some piece of paper out of the box of gimmicks. Right. (laughs) Yeah. That that (laughs) damn dancing dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) So when you were, you were talking about, um, when you're tape trading and seeing the different companies and kind of opening your eyes to all this other styles, what was it or who was it that kind of inspired the style of wrestling that, that you come off? Um, I think like I've always liked, and I was actually just having a uh, conversation with a good friend of mine last night, actually the person who was doing the tape trading, he was a yard friend of mine, uh, Michael Mondelli, that was his yard name in our old backyard fed. Okay. Um, he was doing the tape trading and stuff. But last night I had a conversation with him, like, um, about kind of the style that I'm leaning toward and, uh, kind of, uh, all sorts of different things. And we had, we had a very similar conversation too about, Oh, what contract would we um, like, like, uh, actually go for and would we, and you know, all that sort of thing. So we had, we had a very similar conversation to this. So it's, uh, it's, it was a good practice really. Um, but the, the style that like I, I liked growing up a lot and still kind of lean toward. Of course, I like the flips and the high risk and the, you know, crazy stuff. And I love, and I'm totally not saying anything against the Will Ospreys and the Ricochets who can do it so fluently and, and perfectly. And it's awesome. And it's, it's, it's like, it's almost like watching this, this, uh, Power Rangers Kung Fu sort of film, right? When you're watching them, I and I love it, and it's incredible, and um, and all the all the more power to them, right? Um, but I've always particularly leans toward uh, the the Jeff Hardys, the Rob Van Dams, the Hayabusa's, who are doing the same crazy stuff in a sense, but it's a little more reckless and a little more raw and a little, you know what I mean? So yeah, I've always really liked that, um, and if you if you watch that, uh, if you watch that backyard show, listeners, then um, you you may see some of that where where I, I throw it a little more recklessly. Um, even though, and it's probably more so because it, it's so difficult to actually ever become as athletically and physically good and controlled as those like Will Osprey, Ricochet, etc. Pac, you know, so. I like that. Uh, I mean, and and when you watch this match, the the backyard match, you can see um, the style you're talking about. It you can see it come through of that type of style, the RVD, right. the Jeff Hardy. So I yeah, mean, I mentioned earlier, right, that uh, I switched channels when Mankind won the title. There was a reason for that. I was a huge fan. So um, yeah, so there, there's a lot of that. Just just recklessness. I love it. Like I thrive in chaos. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good motto to have. <laughs> if you're if you're looking for a gimmick, I mean everyone likes a gimmick, right? Right, right, exactly, <laughs> I thri- exactly. Thrive on chaos. <laughs> now, another gimmick you could have, and I'm gonna go off of uh, a recent Twitter picture that you put up, and I'm gonna stray That's a little right. bit away from <laughs> wrestling on this one. <laughs> now, for those who haven't seen it, shame on you. One, and two, 
You're in a bathtub. Right. Filled with tacos. Of course. Pounding a what looks like giant-sized Mountain Dew. Uh, it was a Baja Blast. We'll <laughs> stick with the theme here. It's Baja Blast uh, Taco <laughs> Bell, right? So, yeah, that's kind of um, a thing. It's kind of funny, too, because at the beginning of this year, another thing when I was talking about, like, oh, like, you got to go for it and stuff like that. It's been a thing ever since the backyard that synonymous with Zane is Taco Bell. Like, it's like Zane, Taco Bell, right? Just anything, anytime Zane's mentioned, hey, man, let's go get Taco Bell. Like, that's just, <laughs> it was always a thing, even back then, and it's definitely a thing now. And um, a lot of my, uh, when I was doing the fitness thing, I was doing, I was way more into the fitness than I was the wrestling or anything like that uh, a couple years back. And um, so, like, coming up on Instagram and stuff, I was posting, like, body by Taco Bell. Like, so, <laughs> So I would, I would be in the gym, but then I would go just, like, eat way too much Taco Bell afterwards. Um, and it was just Taco Bell games, right? It was all about that. So um, it kind of be- became a running sort of joke amongst my friends and followers and stuff like that on Instagram. So um, when, when I decided to kind of push fully forward on the wrestling thing, I gimmicked a lot of my merch and stuff like that off of Taco Bell parody stuff. Um and so the like for example when i'm uh being introduced in the ring right it's uh hailing from your nearest taco bell drive through weighing in a 718 supreme taco <laughs> the, <laughs> the sauce alex zane right so yeah that's that's the whole thing <laughs> if that doesn't scream backyard independent wrestling i don't know what does <laughs> exactly right but that's something that's mainstream too, because everyone loves to feel like shit after they eat Taco Bell. <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone loves just to abuse themselves with Taco Bell for sure. <laughs> I, just... I love the weight. The weight part keeps having me laughing. Seven hundred and eighteen <laughs> Supreme Tacos. That is the best thing in the world. I love that. You, you, if you Google it, okay, because I actually did it myself, and then after I did it myself, I was like, I should have just Googled this, and then I checked Google. But if you weigh a supreme taco, and then you divide, and then you multiply it by a certain number, you will get my actual weight. Oh, okay. Right? So, so like, I actually did the math, in other words. Um, <laughs> but I had like a little food scale at home because of, you know meal planning and stuff like that. And by meal planning, I mean weighing supreme tacos from Taco Bell. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, like I actually did the did the uh, Uh, divided that by 4.9 ounces um and yeah so that's how i came up with 718 supreme tacos that is amazing (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing and random and wonderfully weird at the same time absolutely yes you're you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) that was I needed the backstory. Once I saw it, I was like, what the hell does this mean? But what is happening, I, right? Yeah and, yeah. and now I'm glad I asked. It's so funny, too, because there's a lot of, um, like, I've, I've heard it several times since I started pushing more with the Taco Bell stuff. Like, evidently, there's a lot of that on the indie scene of, like, certain wrestlers being like, oh, he's the Taco Bell guy, or, you know, whatever. Um, and so, like, at first, like, I've caught a couple, like, uh, you know, not real heat, but I caught a couple, like, uh, little snippy things and like stuff like that from other wrestlers on twitter being like hey i do taco bell you 
back up, you know, whatever. Because I have a T-shirt that says like "Body by Taco Bell," and the the A in the Taco Bell logo is like superimposed like my logo over it, which is like an A Z thing. Um, so like a lot of people see that or whatever um, that are also Taco Bell indie wrestlers and stuff, and they're like, "Hey, like, piss off!" <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> Like, I'm the one that does Taco Bell, and I'm like, well, technically, I created the Taco Driver, which is my finishing move, in, like, 2004, 2005, maybe, and my spiral tap off the top rope is called the Cinnamon Twist, so. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have Taco Heat. <laughs> I do, I have Taco Heat. And actually, I have another combo that's called uh, Combo Number 9, and it's way too deep like for anyone to ever understand it so like part of me never wants to tell like oh what it actually means and then the other part of me wants to explain it every time because that way people will be like oh i get it now but yeah so like combo combo number nine which is the crunch wrap combo um and i have a combination where it's like this uh snapping brain buster which is the crunch and then there's a uh, big fallout powerbomb afterwards which is the rap so first it's crunch then there's rap so that's actually perfect i love that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah everything's just like taco bell themed it's it's ridiculous like if you see, see my merch table like it's just like okay i'm at taco bell great <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna need to see that merch table sooner rather yes. than later <laughs> yes yes where are you all located philly uh, you said yeah right in philly. Where, philadelphia yeah how far is um reading pa about an hour ish okay so someone wrote me today about doing a show in reading pa and i think it was like october 6th or 7th or something so uh, you know there's options all right we're gonna keep we're gonna keep them written me so chakar is out out your all's way absolutely chakar is like 15 minutes at most from our from where we are that's a good sneeze killer killer so hopefully hopefully i'll be out to either one of those or both you know it's all it's all substantial to like dates working out or whatever so there's options right so that's awesome. And no better way to possibly end an interview than go away taco heat. <laughs> so Alex, we want to we we want to thank you so much for for coming on with us, giving us your time, telling us your backstory, your future plans, your taco stories. <laughs> no problem. Thank you all so much for having me. I appreciate it. Like you all, I say this every time I'm talking to anyone who's doing the interviews or anyone who's doing the podcast or anything like that. You really don't know how much, like, you are doing for us as an independent wrestler. Like, you all are doing way more than you know, and we, we, I know I couldn't appreciate it more. You know, some of these people probably look over it or something, but uh, yeah, thank you, thank you both so much. Well, thank you. We appreciate that, and um, hopefully we'll be talking to you soon. We'll hopefully see you in our area. And, uh, I mean, if you want to give out your uh, your Twitter handle, get people more followers. Yeah, we got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everything. You can find me at Alex Zane, A-L-E-X-Z-A-Y-N-E, or just Google Alex Zane. If I'm not the first one that comes up, go to the first one that comes up and curse at them. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, thanks so much. This was great. And we'll be talking to you soon. No problem. Thank you all so much. Look forward to it. Take it easy. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, those out there in listener land on your favorite podcast application, Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast interview of the High Flying 630 and Taco Lovin' Alex Zane. Yeah, um, uh, that, uh, um, 
I'm just speechless. I, the whole taco thing got me, and I love every second of it. I love the whole gimmick, everything. It's now great. All, now all you can think about is taco. Now I just want Taco Bell, to be honest. A couple of Taco Supremes sound really good right now. You sick son of a bitch. <laughs> We're trying to conduct a professional podcast right now, and all you can think about is fucking tacos. Well, it's all Alex's fault. Now I just want tacos. I can't do it anymore. But it was a pleasure talking to Alex. It was. I mean, it was great getting to know the backstory because it's of our other interviews. I know we don't have that many racked up in our under our belts, but we we pride ourselves on quality. That's right, fucking quality. And it is probably the most unique route that we've seen so far taken to get to where he is today. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else is more the same story of kind of a fan wanting to get wanting to get into it, just going the normal indies and stuff like that, where. This backyard, I mean... This was life. Yeah, this backyard is... Backyard yeah, is life. Absolutely. And to have the shining moment back in the backyard, yes, given for one of the most popular independent promotions going, at least on the East, East Coast right now, GCW, I mean, it's, it is. It's serendipitous. It's mm-hmm. full circle. It's, yeah. It's a pretty cool story. It I really mean, is. I really hope everyone out there enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed talking about it and getting the interview. And anyone that hasn't seen what we were talking about, I mean, obviously you may, might have seen the clip, but if you can, find the match and, and watch the match. Tony Deppin versus Alex Zane. It's on YouTube, so you have no excuses. There you go. It's you on all, It's you on have, YouTube. You so. all have the, the tube of you. <laughs> so, yeah, go watch this match in its entirety. Uh, both guys kill it. Um, it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it speaks for itself. It's a great match. So, we're going we're gonna to stop because we got nothing else. We got nothing else. This was our show. This was our gift to you. This was our special Wednesday interview extravaganza. Yo quiero Taco Bell. <laughs> I couldn't say it any better myself. So until next time, which oddly enough is probably going to be a release date of Friday, two days from now. We will see you then. Well, we're not going to see you at all. We can't see any of you. You're all, you'll hear us then. You're all John Cena to us. We can't see a damn one of you. But so, you'll, you'll hear our damn voices and you'll like it. So we hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be talking to you very soon. Later. Later.